Hey everybody, heads and tails, we're back. I bet you thought we you'd are. never hear from us again, but we are back and we have a really great guest and, and Warren, I want to tell you that uh, I'm very excited for today's show, mainly because I've been sort of cheating on you what? and, and I've, been, I've been tasting some of this beforehand. Already? Yeah. Well, that's fine because I too have already had about half the bottle what? that you gave to me. You did. <laughs> so, you know, God. fair is fair. Well, hey, you know what? That's why we work so well together because we're both <laughs> scumbags. <laughs> we don't want to. Yeah. But we don't keep secrets from each other. We let each other know. <laughs> that's true. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Warren has left. We're going to catch up with Warren in a bit. Uh, but if you haven't heard any of the recent sessions, which I don't blame you, um, Warren is not here with me in the studio. I'm actually not even in the studio. I'm at my home studio because Warren isn't even here. So why should I go oh, down to you Concord? You're going to work? Are you in your PJs? I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm in, ba- I'm in basketball shorts, which is funny because I don't play basketball, but I'm in basketball shorts and like a, a I'm, I'm sick dude i'm like i got out of bed to do this show and i'm like i just really don't want to do this today but then i had some of this whiskey and i'm i'll go mow the lawn if i had a lawn oh shit yeah that's how mow the neighbor's lawn that's how good you're feeling <laughs> that's how good i'm feeling <laughs> yeah but our guest let's just get our guest on the line here warren and then we'll go through all the interview take a break okay. and then i want to catch up with you because it's been yeah. Almost a week since I've seen you, and I don't know if I could deal with that. <laughs> it's very uncommon. Yeah. All right. I'd like to welcome to the show Lila and Nestor from Alasana, which is a distillery in Patagonia, uh, Argentina, Argentinian Patagonia, which uh, in doing research for the show, Warren, as you know, I really love doing. Um, I yes. learned that Patagonia was a, a huge place. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, but it is. yeah, but there, but and, and uh, apparently it, it it spills into into Chile, and so I. Oh, that's me trying to to, to sound worldly and saying um, Argentinian Patagonia, so that way we can really define it. Am, am I doing all right, Lila? Oh, that's perfect. Just perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh, I thought you. I was doing well, knowing it was just in South America. Well, you did. <laughs> But I had I had to one up you as always. You did. <laughs> That's right. As as usual. Yeah. Lila, thank you very much for for joining us. You are currently in the states right now in, in the United States and you were on a whirlwind tour for the past couple days. So, taking time out to talk to us about our little show, uh, I I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, th- thank you. Thank you for for inviting us and and having us on your show. Yeah, this is uh definitely the uh a, a first for us and you guys are also your your distillery is, is also the first Argentinian single malt whiskey. Is that exactly. correct? Exactly, it is. Yes, that's correct. Wow, that's wow. that's uh that's pretty amazing. And I don't know, uh, I don't know much about about uh, spirits in you know in Argentina. I mean, of course, Scotland and and you know Europe over there. That's there's a lot. But like, is does there a, is there a lot of uh, spirits history in Argentina? Well, not really. There's not a big, big history of spirits in Argentina, and especially not for whiskey. Yeah. So mm. we we really like single malt whiskey. Yeah. And we said we in Patagonia we have all we need to make a good single malt whiskey, which is the, the climate and the water. Okay. So mm. those are the two things that we need to to express a really good single malt whiskey. So we we decided to build our own distillery and start distilling and maturing. Whiskey. What made you decide to do just out of your love of spirits, or did you have a background in anything like uh, that? 
Yeah, well, in, in my husband Nestor, his his grandpa was Italian. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah, he used to distill grappa. Ah, um, yes, of course. So yeah, you have to, Nestor I think. Always, <laughs> yeah, Nestor always had that distillation thing. I mean, uh, he he always had that in him, and yeah. we started distilling some fruit brandies and a bit of whis- different whiskies, uh, some different grain whiskies, and then we we just said, well, let's do what we want to do, and which was so we went up on. To the ceiling, the single mud. Is home distillation legal in Argentin in Argentina? No, it's not legal. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not legal. Um, so yeah, we had to get the permits when we decided to do. It, I mean, you can you 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 could maybe do it, and but you can't sell it. I mean, if you want to oh, sell sure. it, if you want to distill at home, you can distill, but you can't sell it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I, did you guys do some test batches at home, or did you just oh, go right yeah, for yeah. a license? Oh no, no, we, st- we yeah, we did some. Maybe you could call it some of the illegal illegal stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but we weren't selling it, so uh, yeah, we needed to do that. And so when we decided to to really move on and do it commercially, mm-hmm. we we just uh, got our plane tickets and went straight to Scotland. Oh. And, yeah. So, uh, well, there we. We stayed for some time and moved around a lot and worked there and and decided I mean decided on our stills how our design was going to be and what were what were the spirits that we liked the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, uh, according to that, we designed our we designed our stills. Wow! So you you and didn't you didn't mess around. You went straight to the source. You you want yeah, to, yeah you want yeah. to learn from the from the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you go? Did you have anywhere specific in mind in Scotland you wanted to go, or just try everything and then sort of narrow a region down from yeah, there? Yeah, we kind of got. You know how the, these things are. It's, it seems like there's you have like a, a magnet that's always pulling you to where your passion is the most. Yeah. And we got pulled to to Isla, to um, Brickladdy. Yeah. Brickladdy. Okay. And uh, so we really get along really well with with the people at Brickladdy. And we, at the time when we went, uh, Jim McEwen was still um, manager of the distillery. Okay. And wow. We made really good friends with him, and he just we really learned a lot from him. Nice. About still uh, design production, or just sort of the the. I would imagine with a guy like that, it's just more of the spirits business and the spirits like the the feel for being a spirit producer rather than the technicalities of, well, this is the temperature and then you do this and here's the formula kind of thing, right? Is It, yeah, it so feels more... The, I mean, a lot of the technical stuff at the beginning, he would, I mean, he would, he's he's not hiding anything, of course. Yeah. So we learned a lot from him on the technical aspects, but the most important thing we learned from him was exactly what you're saying. I mean, you're, you're really nailing on it because uh, he just transmits so much passion about it uh, put so much heart into it that you you yeah. really you really learn that mostly from him. I mean, it's, it's the best thing we learned from him. Wow, yeah, there is something uh, you know in these industries of you know making fermented ferment, uh, fermented products. I don't know why it was a hard yeah. thing for me to say. Like winemakers, distillers, beer makers. There there is a, a, a an overriding sort of passion, and you can tell. That passion comes through, you know. Obviously, you can't taste it, but it's in the the details. 
it's in all of the it's in the story it's in all of that kind of stuff where you know there's the craft beer people who just want to come in and and make a bunch of beer and then sell out and then you know go live on a yacht somewhere you can tell their quality yeah, is no, not the same the thing is that you know passion when you talk about passion all this passion is just just not what you say is it's just like you say that is it's not just producing the whiskey because passion starts uh, right in the fields when you're when you're where you're seeding the the barley. Yeah. So farmers are very passionate about what they do, and uh, so well right there on the fields you're already starting to put the passion into the product, mm. and all that comes up when you start using the grain for for malting and for making the whiskey. In addition to a lot of passion needed to, to do a single malt, especially something aged similarly to uh, Scotland, that takes a lot of patience and a lot of confidence that you're doing the right thing because <laughs> you're not going to find out how the finished product turns out for a long time. Yeah, were, you guys, were you guys gamblers before? Or no, <laughs> no, no. We never did that. My, You know, Nectar always says hey, we don't have enough money to throw it away on cheap, on cheap things. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we we went. I mean, going to the sources, and then we we always uh, analyzed our our spirit and our whiskey in in a laboratory in Scotland. Okay. And so we always we all we know exactly what was going into the barrels, and we might have maybe a few and maybe doubts or want to check up on how the barrel is coming along. So we just pull out a, a sample and send it over, and have it analyzed, and that'll give us information on how the mat- maturation is coming. But we we analyze all our spirits before they go into the into the barrels. Oh wow! You send and you send it to Scotland for analysis. Yeah, yeah. Not a, not a, not a, each barrel by itself. You know, just the batches. Yeah. What are and, you uh, What are you looking? So, what kind of things are yes, you looking for specifically? Well, what we what we really need is what we're, you you nailed it when you said that it's, it would be gambling to put something into a cask and just <laughs> let it sit there and wonder how it's going to turn out yeah. kind of like crossing your fingers that would be no good <laughs> so if you if you what we need is to know that we're making a very good spirit and we're putting it into a very good quality cask if you if you have a really good spirit but you don't have a good cask you don't there's no no making nothing that can make the whiskey good yeah and sure. so you could have a, a really good cask and a bad spirit and put it in and you, you you wouldn't make it better. I mean, the cask <laughs> might cover up some of the imperfections. Yeah. But you'd still have, you'd still have it there, and and it would still would be no good. Yeah, so, I could. So I could we're we're looking to me to those two things. We're looking to make a very, a very clean, uh, light spirit that, that's uh, distilled and and has the, has a, has all the character, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and smooth. And we're looking to put it into a good quality cask. Yeah. Cask okay. or barrel, as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> you call it in America. So yeah. <laughs> we're casks, casks in Scotland. Barrel so in how, how long have you guys been uh, distilling for? So we've been distilling, well, we've been distilling already for over 15 years. Wow. We were talking about before. But our distillery was actually founded and started distilling legally with, an, with, a, with a permit in 2011. Okay. okay. So this is actually we're finishing our eighth year of maturation, and our our spirit is, is our most mature spirit is now eight, eight years old, and we're actually looking to have a, a, a no less than ten year standard. 
Oh, so okay. We're bottling some of it, but not not very much. Just to have like start having maybe a bit of cash flow and yeah, and trying our, our um, trying to to um, to brand our our, our to brand La Lasana and have it uh, position it in the market in our country and yeah. in the market. Yeah, for sure. So your so your your ultimate goal is to not release anything younger than ten years. Yeah, that's wow. That is a lofty goal. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. I'm telling you, right? Like you don't already know. <laughs> but you know, when when you go to Scotland and they try, maybe they try like a. You, you, we've taken a lot of our whiskey, our finished finished uh, quote whiskey, mm-hmm. and um, so it's like a five year old. Or a six-year-old, and they when they try it, they tell you, mm, they don't say this is good. They say, mm, this is going to be very good when it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, But that's got to be encouraging, even when they say, hey, this is you're on oh, the right yeah, track. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they know. Because that's, a, that's a whole, I mean, having that is already, and what I'm, what I'm po- pointing at is that uh, nothing under 10 years is, is actually whiskey for them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I suppose it's assumed that you're going to age it, you know, continue. Like if you bring them a five year, they don't have to ask. Like I would go, oh, how long are you going to age this? Uh, but if you bring it over to Scotland, they just they already know. Like, I would yeah, imagine, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah, just unspoken. Are Argentinian labeling laws similar to Scotland in that you you might be at some point blending in an older whiskey to add some more complexity and still calling it a ten year? No, we we I mean the the youngest whiskey in in the in the bottle is is the one that tells the age on the label. Uh, right. Okay. So it is similar. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask um, you real quick um, when you were choosing a site for the distillery because reading your story online and and, and hearing you talk about it a little bit before we started the show. Um, the location seems like a, a very important part of of your finished product. Did you did you did you already have the farm? Did you already live sort of on the site, and you decided to add a, a distillery, or were you looking for a source, a, a site, a location for your distillery that would provide the right climate and the right soil for you to do all of the things you guys wanted to do? No, no, we were really looking. We were looking yeah. for a place. Yeah. So we needed good quality water. Yeah. And we needed uh, the, uh, the climate. So the, the valley where we're in is is a, a very special valley because um, I'll talk about, about a, a bit of geology. <laughs> the the Andes range is is very high, but not so high as it is in the north. Mm-hmm. And we have like a, a smaller range, mountain range. That's our valley is between the Andes and that that range. And so the, the mountains on the smaller range are. are Almost as high as the as the Andes, so that makes makes all the the humidity that's coming up off the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. and down from the mountains, it makes it get caught in the valley. Um. So our valley has a microclimate. We don't have extreme uh, weather's in the winter and in the summer, uh, extreme temperatures, and we don't have we have good humidity also. Mm-hmm. It's not See. so dry. And so that way your barrels behave similar to barrels aged in Scotland then because yeah, of the higher humidity? Similar. Yeah, very similar. We, we don't have – we're having almost like between a 2 or 3% loss, which is what's happening in Scotland. Sure. 
and we're having I mean our spirit is aging very nicely it's not getting over woody mm-hmm. because we don't have those extreme extremely hot summers that scorch the the barrels on the outside and then make the make make give it a lot of evaporation and a lot of extraction okay and that's what what, what are you sorry go ahead Warren oh I was going to ask what are what kind of uh, barrels are you sourcing Okay, so most of the ones that we're sourcing come right from here, from America. We're bringing barrels in from Kentucky. Okay. So we're bringing barrels in from from all ex-bourbon. So we have Maker's Mark, Buffalo Trace, Four Roses. Okay. Some of the nice bourbons. Are you doing any uh, other types of barrels, like sherry? Okay, so we we do have a a very nice uh, sherry sherry winemaker in in. In Argentina, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so what we do with with our special casks, we do have a special line of, of wine casks and cherry casks. Those we we actually purchase the a brand new American oak barrel. So we don't import them directly already assembled, but we the 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 coopers that that are in Argentina they purchase they import the American oak and they build the barrels. So we purchase those of them. And we send them to the different vineyards and have them mature their wines in them. And this is mainly to have like a, a traceability of what's been in the barrel before. Sure. So okay. we have we have a special well the one that you're the whiskey that you you're tasting today is a Chardonnay cask finish. So it's it's a, a whiskey that was matured in, in ex bourbon mm-hmm. and then it was finished in Chardonnay casks. Ah. These Chardonnay casks are very special wine casks. Well, I, okay. I think that's so a good... So it's the new oak that we're maturing. And so the, the, only, the only thing that we do mature in new virgin oak is our organic malt. This is a, it's a British malt that we're importing. And mm-hmm. some of our trips, we were able to visit some of the farmers on, in Scotland that were sourcing our, our barley, the barley for our malt. Yeah. And um, we got to meet some of the organic farmers. And if, if a farmer is passionate, you don't know... You can't imagine what an organic barley grower is. <laughs> when you talk about passion, I mean that's next really, level. Yeah, next level. Of passion. <laughs> so yeah, we love we love that so much that we didn't mind paying three times as much, and so we, we kind of like kind of support the motion. Yeah, <laughs> support. And so, well, that 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 organic barley is barley that we're maturing in in new American. I mean, new American virgin oak. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are whiskeys that we'll be bottling. We did a, we did a small limited edition. We bottled just a couple a couple barrels, and those those barrels that we emptied are already barrels that will be ready for maturing our organic whiskey for a bit more, a bit longer. Okay, okay. so you'll reuse the barrels internally. Yeah, for yeah, the okay. so it's like a, we prepare our own barrels for our 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 older whiskey. Wow, oh, okay. you are, we know that. you guys are doing everything. You're you're growing you're growing malt. You're we are growing. You're yeah, you're uh, malting it. You're peating it, which we'll talk about in a second. You're producing. You're you're sourcing barrels. You're preparing your own barrels. What aren't you guys doing there? <laughs> you're doing <laughs> everything. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. We we actually we have good climate in in the place, especially where. The, the valley where we're in is a very good climate for for growing barley, but all the varieties we had in Argentina up to now were all beer varieties, and well the whis- the whiskey varieties for barley are, are special 
are specially produced for for whiskey. Oh, they are. Yeah. What's the difference? Uh, well, the main difference is you. If you want, you can look it, look this up and research a bit on it. So they're called uh, G- non-GN producers. Okay. So GN is glycosidic nitrile, mm-hmm. and it's a precursor that when when the after the barley the the barley is malted and fermented and distilled upon distillation that that precursor turns into ethyl carbamate which is a compound that is not wanted in the whiskey okay so you're you're getting uh, strains of barley specifically to not yeah, have yeah we this. were able to do that and yeah. we're growing them ourselves wow and we're we're malting some of that too so My gosh. that's where we, we we met Ryan we met Ryan through the malting uh, so he has his farm here in Montana. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, that, and so Ryan uh, facilitated this and, and got us together. So thanks to Ryan for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ryan, well, you should see Ryan. I mean, if you want to talk about a passionate farmer, you can just <laughs> meet Ryan or have a chat with Ryan one day. Definitely, uh, I would love yeah. to. Uh, so he, so we met through that, and we're actually visiting him for all this for the malting and the the farm and all that. Yeah. So, so when you meet with people like Ryan, are you looking to get uh, information on how to malt more uh, on your own farm or are you actually sourcing malt and getting some malt for your production yourself yeah, and both. some from others? A little okay. bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan's been seeing to grow some, some whiskey varieties for us. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And then will those be uh, malted in Montana or in the U.S. and then ship down to you, or will you guys want to do that in house? Maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I would imagine that both. I mean, just just from talking to you for the last fifteen minutes, I can't imagine that you wouldn't want to malt some of that yourself <laughs> and just yeah, exactly. have something else yeah. to do. Um, so for for this whiskey that we're about to taste, with, which Warren, if you haven't poured some yet, you should do that because I'm thirsty. Um, oh, I'm one step ahead of you. <laughs> I'm on my second one. <laughs> oh man, um, it's a peated whiskey. And did I read correctly that you guys are are, are peating your malts your, yourselves also? Yes, but th- this this uh, the malt that went into this whiskey is a British malt. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's a it's, it's peated with Scottish Scottish peat. Okay, and, oh, okay. and how do you pronounce the name of of this particular whiskey? Okay, so Ryan also got it. So it's it's Hyde Merlis. Hyde Merlis. Yes, yeah, that was good. Thanks. I like the the rolling of the R. Thank you. Well, you know, growing up in California, you can't uh, you have okay, to learn how to roll your R's. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. So Hyde Merlis, it, it it actually means you cannot see it on the box. Also, the the. Um, the barley, it actually means true road barley. Okay. Which is mm. the barley that you use for malting for whiskey. Yeah. Okay. It means uh, the, it, the, it, it's, in, it's in, in Welsh. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Because, uh, well, my, my grandma was Welsh. So the, Patagonia had a very strong Welsh immigration in the 1800s. Interesting. Oh, huh. So I've got a lot of welsh in my blood <laughs> and with all with all that there's there there was no really strong history of of um of distilling or, or you know bringing whiskeys over and sort of bringing that passion to sort of the like the germans did in the mexico and all over that yeah no that. i think the welsh were i mean i haven't found any any 
I know that the Welsh brought some of the first hops that were in Patagonia and some of the first barley too, and they used to grow a lot of barley and a lot of wheat. Mm-hmm. But they were, they, I think they weren't into distilling, <laughs> yeah, yeah. from what I remember, yeah, from, well, what, from what I've been researching. The way, the way you guys are doing it, it's probably too much work. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, well, there are. There's a very good Welsh whiskey, Penderyn. Mm-hmm. That's a very good Welsh single malt whiskey. It was the first until just recently. There's another one now. Penderyn. I'm a. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a look for that. Uh, Warren, I've been having some of this too. Uh, tell me your thoughts. <laughs> tell, let's just let's just go right into the right into the talking about it, please. Okay. Um, I've, I've, got, I've got a bottle here because oh. Ryan had a, had a little bit left. There we go. So oh, you're drinking good. too. We, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, All right. I, I got it here, yeah. There we go. Let's talk about it real fast. I'm really enjoying the uh the peatiness of the of this whiskey. It's it's fairly subdued, especially uh considering how you guys said that Isla was a big influence for you. <laughs> and to, yeah, to me but, it's not Isla level peat. <laughs> no, yeah. no. This is Well, the thing is uh well, we were very inspired in in Brucladi and they do a uh, they have a, a the peated version. They have two peated. The, the Octomore that you must have heard of is really really peated. Yes. And then they have the the Port Charlotte, that's a, a lightly peated peated whiskey. Okay. And the truth is that we, what, as we're pioneers in, in in making whiskey in Argentina, we're kind of. I was telling Ryan about this. We're we're kind of educating a lot. Oh. Uh, because. So- a lot of people don't know the difference between a single malt and a bourbon and a, a blended whiskey. And so okay. a lot of people are trying single malt and trying ours for the first time, maybe. So there's not a, a very strong, established Scotch drinking market in starting. Argentina? It is okay. starting. It is starting. Good. Yeah, it's starting, yeah. So um, you, could, you could blame it on us or you could just say it was chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more the second. Uh, well, it's it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, you can't you can't have someone without much passion and this much drive, um, and and not have that you know affect the market. You just, I don't th- I just don't think that's possible. Yeah. Well, so the the reason why we 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 launched our this is this peated version is the the version that we launched mm-hmm. our peated whiskey in, and we we used uh, lightly peated because we didn't want to be aggressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this it's a very light peat, and although although it, it it is it's very subtle, so it doesn't cover the rest of the of the character of the whiskey. Yeah, for for this much sort of sweetness to come through, whether from the the barrel or from the grain or yeah. maybe even the chardonnay, I don't know. But for that yeah. to come, for that much to come through with also that level of peat, which again, like Warren was saying, it's not oppressive. It's not over the top. But it's, I don't know what medium high, Warren. I don't know if we can just come up with a weird scale mm. or fast to have. I all wouldn't say even high. I would say medium. Medium. Yeah. Well, you've yeah. had more. Yeah. You've had the more peated whiskey with, with a peat. I mean, a lot of peat. I mean, if you want to go into the scientific part, sure. I, I don't yeah. know. Why not? So you know the peat. You know what the ppm is? On yeah. This? Okay. So, uh, uh, let me ask Nestor here. What are parte por millón? Our PPM on this is yeah. We're Warren just went right in. We're starting it. off with a thirty-five parts per million malt. Okay. And like around ten parts per million on the spirit. 
Yeah, so I mean that's oh. that maybe it? medium light on the spectrum. Yeah. Medium yeah, so, light, jeez. But yeah. when you t- when you talk about Pete, I mean you can all, I mean you can characterize it quickly, just off the top of your head, saying lightly, medium, strong. Mm-hmm. But when you within each level of Pete, you have different different characters of Peteiness. So you have the very strong the very strong Pete. That's kind of like a like a rubber, like a burnt rubber, mm-hmm. or or a ve- cooked vegetable. Yeah, and yeah. so those are like the phenols that are, that some people adore them. Right. But those are like the the phenol the, the the peat fans, and then you have these more subtle peatiness that's more like maybe a medicinal. Mm-hmm. Peat. Yeah, like iodine almost. Yeah, yeah. kind of, and there there it's a peat that that doesn't it doesn't cover the rest of it and doesn't. It doesn't stick onto your mouth and, and kind of linger there and cover the rest of the the character of the whiskey. Yeah, no, it's yeah. very good. It finishes very clean, uh, and yeah. and I'm left with some barrel character and I think some Chardonnay character, but uh, just some of that grainy, really lovely whiskey. That that's where you finish with. And yeah, this I, I, this whiskey is. I mean, it has a really nice long end, and mm, the the, yeah. the subtleness of the smokiness comes in. And and it it lingers, but it's very soft. You you I, are you feeling that? Are you feeling that? Yeah. That the smoke doesn't just stick onto your mouth. It kind of lingers, but very lightly. Yeah. It sort of yeah. swirls, just like kind of like imagine like smoke, you know, in my mouth, like actual yeah. physical smoke, where it yeah. sort of just swirls and then dissipates and then fades away, and then you're still left with the spirit. So it's sort of. You know, we talk about in, in this way with beer. That's sort of our our main background. Um, Warren is the smart one with when it comes to spirits, and I'm the dumb one. But we're okay. both we're both sort of dumb with when it comes to beer. But like beer, you got a good recording on that, right? Because I'm going to need that. <laughs> yes, I, I, for playback. Later. Yeah, I will definitely send you. It'll be your ringtone. But like you know, in beers where that's like spiced or fruit beers or something like that, it should still be a beer first. And I think that this approach is is maybe what you're taking with the the peated whiskey, where it's a whiskey. That's peated and then aged, and you know, have has finished in different barrels. But then it should still taste like a whiskey, and that's what this does. Yeah, the the smoke, it, it, the smoke doesn't punch you in the face. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and and it, it's it's very malt for it's very expressive of the malts that you guys are using. Yeah, yeah, and well, it has a, a very nice expression of, you know, you know how well on the nose it's very clean, and all that the fresh fruit coming in comes a lot from the from the Chardonnay casks. Yeah, so I definitely get some. Those, some, do you get some tropical and maybe a bit of mango? Hmm. Yeah, There's definitely some, some light fruits in the aroma that I definitely would care, uh, say comes from the Chardonnay. And then even yeah. I was going to ask, do you think some of that that kind of uh, roundness and what balances out the smoke in the in the finish comes from the Chardonnay barrel? No, I think that's no? mostly because of the distillate. We, I mean, it could okay. be, it could be, but. Uh, we, we our our distillate in the spirit is is a very light spirit. That's, okay, it's very rounded already. So, mm. um, if you try well next time, I'll send you a bottle of our spirit <laughs> so you can just try our spirit. Absolutely, oh yes, please. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so, how how long does the spirit uh, finish in the Chardonnay cask? Well, this one finished for six months. Okay. No, sorry. One year. Well, this one was one year in Chardonnay. I'm. One we're drinking year. the different versions. Versions because oh, Ryan okay. Ryan had the first version that was six months, and you got the better version. That, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's thank you. One year. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Ryan. 
<laughs> no, Ryan was good on hanging on to it because he still had some left here. <laughs> that way you could compare him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we were when we were first talking for the show, Ryan's like, "Well, you know, I have a few bottles, and I could maybe pour some samples for these guys, but I don't want to." And and he, yeah. <laughs> tasting the spirit, I can understand why you would want to hang on to it. In fact, Warren, I'm going to need the span- the sample I poured off of you back, please. Uh, well. It turns out it's empty. Sorry, oh, damn. there's none to send back. <laughs> so, what other kind of stuff are you doing, Leela, at at uh, at the distillery there? I read online that you're you're going to make um, a spirit. Maybe you already have with 100 percent Patagonian malt. Oh, that's a that's a good one because you know we're we're working on a on a 100 percent Patagonian spirit, which will be with our with, uh, sorry whiskey, which will be with our malt, our our grown barley malted. And we're actually working on developing um, with a, with um, a national. I mean, there's a, a national institution that works with laboratories and yeast, mm-hmm. and we're working on isolating a, um, a native yeast, a wild native Patagonian yeast. Wow! And oh. that's going to be used to ferment in part uh, our our hundred percent malted barley wash. Oh. For the the barley that you are growing and malting yes. uh, in Argentina, do you guys have peat bogs also? Like, is or are you peating the malt that you're growing? You, our area has does have. We haven't. We have. We have. We, we've started doing some trials, and okay. it's turning out very good. Our our peat has a very different character. Not very, but you can pick up a different character than than the um, the Scottish peat. Oh, really? Most okay. Of the Scottish peat, because yeah. Because Scottish peat is uh, is mainly made out of sp- uh, the origin is sphagnum, sphagnum mm-hmm. moss. Okay. So yeah. Our, yeah. So the origin of ours is is carex. The carex is like a grassy reed that's in in bogs. Oh, okay. And so it's going to be the character of our peat is a bit different. Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to go to Scotland in in June, and before going, I was not the biggest peat fan, but when I was over there. I actually got to experience firsthand the even within Scotland the regionality fl- of peat flavors yeah. can vary. Oh wow! Yeah, you know that you know, and well, all the areas I don't know if you remember, but all the areas of Campbelltown and uh, yes. have have more uh, less sphagnum peat mm-hmm. and more grassy peat. Yeah, so definitely. The main difference is the the lack of um, of um, of lignin, sorry. Mm-hmm. So the 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 peat moss doesn't have lignin. Okay. Okay. And lignin gives it a woodier character. Okay. Yeah. And that's oddly enough, the the peat that was used in Campbelltown was kind of like how I kind of circled back. Like, okay, I can kind of enjoy this peaty character. And then as I started <laughs> to have uh, peated whiskeys from other regions, all of a sudden, for some reason, something in my brain was clicking. And I'm okay. like, okay, I can start to enjoy this at higher and higher levels. So well, Campbelltown is my, my like training our, wheels. You will like our peated, our, our home home peated, then you oh. will. <laughs> oh, great. I think it'll be similar to that, to that peat. And so uh, is that going to be ready in another eight to ten years then? Yeah, we have. We still have well, this is our third season growing our own barley. Oh, okay. So right now our seed, our... Our plants are just germinating because we're—they're uh, just uh, sprouting yeah. because we're in spring now at home. So 
we came. Oh right, yeah. We just finished our winter and we came back to yours. So we, <laughs> snow. we woke up this morning and we were covered in snow. Oh no! <laughs> and and icy snow. So we had to pour water all over the truck to to get everything <laughs> frosted. <laughs> so we're like, we were saying, well, we finished winter. Why are we here? <laughs> so well, but uh, yeah, well, um, uh, I got lost my train of thought. That's right. It happens to Warren all the time. Oh, what was I saying? <laughs> oh. Yeah, we were saying about. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, are you guys superheroes to uh, superhumans? I should say to be able to do all this stuff. Is it just the two of you? Yeah, mainly it's the two of us, and well, we have we have three sons that help us out a lot. Mm. Oh, so it's a family and, operation. Yeah, and then I mean, each one does their own thing because the the two older ones the two older ones actually run. Uh, the store that we had before uh, starting this activity. Oh, you're not talking about a distillery tasting room or anything like that? That you have a separate business? Yeah, separate business, oh, okay. yeah. So uh, the two older one, ones run that one, and then our younger one is really a bit more into it. They, they do all the, all the numbers and the like the paperwork. Uh, all the boring a lot, stuff. A lot of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. I don't want and to do that either. We have the, the younger one who's 17, and he's really into the distilling also. Oh, cool. Yeah, I would be too yeah. at 17. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, what's, yeah. what's next for you guys down there? Are you looking to expand? Are you going to uh, you know, go international perhaps maybe uh, with yeah, some of your spirit? Have, we, that's, a lot of people ask us that, and we, the, the reason why we haven't gone international yet is mainly because we don't have enough volume to – to actually be bottling at the moment because of yeah. what we talked about of our goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we do have a lot of interest because we we've all we won two gold gold medals abroad. Wow. One in Scotland. Oh, congratulations. One in, thanks. <laughs> one in the last year we had the in the spirit selections. We had the in, we got a gold medal also for our, for our classic. Uh, our classic whiskey is a standard non beaded version that has a, a small percentage matured in ex sherry casks. How many different uh, labels do you guys currently so have? So mainly we have our, our two stronger ones, our classic and uh, Hyde Medleys that's not Chardonnay, so it's a peated, lightly peated, but okay. just matured 100% in ex-bourbon. So okay. those are our two main whiskies, so our classic and, uh, and the Hyde Medleys. And then we've done some other special editions, like uh, Ryan's got one of them, the, uh, an ex-cognac cask. But oh. 100% in cognac, that one was, mm. that's one of my favorites. Oh, 100% in cognac. Oh, yeah, that's Wow. Gosh. That's got to be a unique whiskey. For oh, sure. Yeah. That just yeah, sounds soft and you need to drink it by the fire. I mean, that just, that sounds comforting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever tried, I maybe not, but maybe you could compare it with a fruitcake. So the Welsh, the Welsh mm. make, my granny, my Welsh granny used to make this really, really, all the Welsh too, but she, I used to eat hers. This really beautiful Christmas pudding with with all kinds of fruits in it, so hmm. like raisins and sultanas and yeah. uh, all kinds of, of fruit. And for me, when I when I just take the cork off the cognac cask bottle, I mean, it's like I'm right in the kitchen where my oh. granny used to make her Welsh cake. That's oh, nice. nice. Mm. <laughs> I like that. It's it's weird how 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 different. Foods entirely can bring us back to some memory way down, way back in the past. That's unrelated to whiskey. I yeah, like that. It's amazing. Yeah, 
It really is. Well, but yeah, a lot of the compounds are all are compounds that, I mean, they're in the whiskey, but they're they're esters and and acids that are are normally in other in other in other parts of our lives. Yeah. Besides the whiskey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you guys have a uh, tasting room, or can people come to the distillery? Yeah, and have yeah, a tour we have. Thing? We do. Yeah, we uh, we love that because we we love people that are interested in what we do, and a lot of people we find that the 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 single malt whiskey drinker is is a, is a person that likes to know where their grain is coming from and what's happening with the malting and how it's going into the mash tun and how it's fermenting and how you're distilling it. So we just walk them through the whole process. And mm-hmm. uh, then we have a, a tasting room. We show them where, where we mature it. We have our warehouses. And we, we have a nice tasting room for also if they want to taste. Great. Taste the whiskey. Yeah. I think and, and Go ahead, Warren. You, oh, you guys, uh, you said you were the first single malt uh, distillery in Argentina. Ha- have people yeah. uh, t- gotten a taste of what you're doing and started copying you now? Oh, or yeah. A lot, of- <laughs> a lot of people are wanting to start. But it's okay. very difficult because, I mean... It's not like you said it. It's not like beer. Just throw some, I mean, just throw some water and malt together, and in a week I have a beer. Right. Ferment it for a week, or maybe mature it. In fifteen days, I have a beer. Mm-hmm. It's much longer, much a long, uh, much longer uh, project process. Yeah, sure. yeah. And people are, are do they come to you for advice and then they maybe hear that, well, this is going to take you three years to even get something out of it. And then they go, ah, maybe that's not for me. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think that it's easier because, uh, well, Nestor always says, uh, we make things look easy. Yeah. <laughs> because we enjoy it so much that for us, it's not work because we enjoy what we're doing and we're so passionate about that we actually, I mean, I say you're right. We actually do sometimes make things look look easier than what they really are. Sure, <laughs> that's the magic. That's the 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 magic of passion, I suppose. Well, yeah. Leela, thank you very much. I'll, I'll let you go. You spent a, a you know a, a long time with us uh, on your vac- work vacation. It sounds like oh, so. It's really, really <laughs> been a pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you very you so much. much, and thank Nestor too, and uh, um, Alessana, right? Okay, Alessana, yes, I did it, Warren. Wow, look at you go. If you're ever in uh, the uh, Argentinian Patagonia area, you can go to uh, com. That's L-A-A-L-A-Z-A-N-A, whiskey.com. And, uh, yeah, we do have an Instagram page and a Facebook page. Okay, oh, yeah, so perfect. Can follow us too. Follow what them there. That? You go online, you see a, a bunch of nice photos uh, of everything. And uh, if you're if you're there, I recommend it because if, if uh, anything is... is uh, clear to me warren is that this is good stuff and if the rest of their whiskey is this good i might go make a trip just for this <laughs> yeah you know like, um coincidentally we have i mean we don't sell it like for for third parties or we don't sell it to to distributors, to distributors yeah. or anything mm-hmm. but we do have it in some bars in some of the most attractive tourist points in the, in our country Ah, so in, okay. if you go to Buenos Aires, you can get it in some of the top bars there. Yeah, okay. And, and a lot of people—it's happened to us that a lot of people, foreigners, have been in the in bars and tried it, and then they've taken a plane. They've called us and said, "Where can I get it in Buenos Aires?" And we say, "No, only in the distillery." So they just take a plane and down oh. to where we're at, and so you have to take a plane to Ariloche and then 
you have a two-hour drive to the distillery. Oh, wow. <laughs> we had a lot of people coming to buy the whiskey. <laughs> I love but, that. So you can buy bottles to go from the distillery. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Sure. Great. I mean, only for you, Warren. <laughs> oh, I get to be special. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Leela, thank you very much. And thank Ryan again for us, too. And uh, okay. and uh, we would love to have you back on the show. There's so much we wanted to talk about, also about your education and background, and and your approach to making whiskeys and all that kind of stuff. So maybe in the future we can get you back on and and sample some other spirits. Sure, no problem. Perfect. All right, it'd be our pleasure. Awesome. Great. Thanks. Thank you very okay, much. So Nectar also wants to thank you and oh, thank him. Uh, say hi to all your audience too. Oh, nice. Very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I, I do. I do. I did start listening to your podcasts Uh-oh. after Ryan told me about them. So they're very good. Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. It's okay. good to do your homework on who you have to spend yeah, half an hour. That's with. right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. That's right. All right. Thank you very much, Leela. Okay. Thank Bye. you. Man, that was really good. I'm. I'm. This is good stuff. I. I wish that Argentina was closer, Warren, so I could yeah. go. Because if you go to the website, by the way, and you look at the photos of this place, there's a video of it, too. It's like a 30-second video, and it looks gorgeous, but also very unassuming for what they are producing. And I would would love to – I mean, Leela is obviously very passionate about it, and and – I don't know. With people like that, they sort of like eat, breathe, and live the thing. Yeah, you know, and that just comes through, and I, I, I bet that they would be a blast to hang out with and just talk about nothing but this, which I'm okay well, with. Do you think they'd be okay if, in a month from now, I showed up in the RV <laughs> and just parked in the in the parking lot? Yeah, and then you've never left. Shop? Yeah, you can just pull a cousin Eddie on him. <laughs> oh, for, full. Yeah, for about a month or so. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. See. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, everybody, and then we're going to come back. We're going to catch up real fast with Warren, see what he's up to, see what his plans are, and uh, you know, try to put you to sleep nice and proper, like heads and tails style. We'll be right there back after this. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're interested to figure out what's Warren been doing, well, this is the segment of the program for you. It's called What's Warren Been Doing? It's a segment I'm also I, curious. Yeah, segment I just came up with. And uh yeah, so you know, the state it's basically a state of the union. It's a state of heads mm. and tails today. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so our longtime listeners and what show is this, eight or something? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but <laughs> But over the course of a year and a half or whatever it's been. Yeah, that's right. Um We've talked about, uh, maybe on this show, but definitely on like the session or some other shows, it's been hard to find guests. Nobody wants to, you know, stay up late. And by late, I mean like seven o'clock on Pacific time. So it's been challenging. So we're releasing episodes sort of whenever we can, Mm -hmm. like this one. Distillers have this weird work life balance that's healthy, unlike (laughs) brewers do. Man, I. They're just going to talk about beer. That term waking moment. That term bothers me. I don't know why. It's like you're not working 24 hours. Nobody's working 24 hours a day. It's just it's I don't know. Everyone needs a break, but I don't know why it bothers me so much. It just bothers me. It's very like 80s new age Mm. that's been recycled by millennials who just don't want to do anything. That's how they justify the one month off that they need per year. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I would love that, but. (laughs) Culturally, that's just not that's just not in the cards for for us, I suppose. But uh, you need yeah. one month off for parenting. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't get any months off for parenting. Uh, Taryn what? did. Well, because I'm I'm a independent contractor, mm. so technically, 
I don't have a job. I can choose. <laughs> I can choose my things, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I didn't get anything off. And and even if I did, you get sixty percent if you get like parent like a paid paid leave. You get sixty oh, percent right. of your paycheck. Hey, it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but I don't really work very hard, mm. so. So it's sixty percent of nothing. <laughs> well, but you know, it's like when I'm doing the shows, that's when I'm working, and then there's a lot of maintenance and stuff, you know, behind the scenes. But it's not worth not doing to get sixty percent less of what I get. It's just I can't afford it. I, I, I work in podcasting. I don't make I don't make a whole lot of money, so I yeah. need every dollar, every penny uh, that I can get, Warren. So. Uh, no, Taryn is your sponsor. Taryn, uh, Taryn is Heads my sponsor. Tales brought to you by Taryn Petra. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So what we're uh, our our plan really is to just sort of keep publishing these shows. But whenever we get a guest, we're still going to be soliciting for guests with yes. Warren and now relocating. That's what Warren's doing, and I'm just going to explain for you uh, it, to Washington. And then there's a lot of distilleries up there, so hopefully we're going to yes. get some interviews out of that, right? Hmm. I'm working with picking a date. Here's a here's a sneak peek and a, oh. a tease. Uh, I love it. Working with uh, Westland to potentially get a show where I get to be at the distillery in person, and you have to be in your studio. See, that's not fair. I don't like this already. This is unfair <laughs> to me. It's working out great for me. Think of me. <laughs> We'll I mean, remember, we'll be thinking of you while we're getting to drink whiskey in in the uh, barrel house. It'll be great. That's not fair. First of all, that's not fair. I'm just going to go on record by saying that. But also, I mean, look, when when we did these shows, man, you would bring in the box of glasses and the distilled water and all the things and you would you would spend 20 minutes taking a photo and like yeah. now you just get to sit in a barrel house and then I have to do everything else. Well, that's finally work paid off for me. This is how. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. So uh, anyway, well, so you left town. You bailed out of town last weekend. I did. Right? It's been a whole week. Yeah, since I've been a Californian, and you've only made it to Corvallis. <laughs> so it turns out you're not Bend very good at driving. Really fun. Oh yeah, you stayed in Bend for a bit. Yeah, I got up to Bend, and I spent I think about four days there. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, oh. So first, I got uh, kicked out of the Walmart parking lot. Oh. Because, uh, and oddly enough, uh, Justin spent the night in the parking lot coming back from uh, the Hop and Brew School. Yeah. And so... So you thought it was I, safe. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I, it had taken me way longer to get over the mountains to bend than I was anticipating. So I rolled in, and it was after 10 p.m. Wow. And so I wasn't alone there. There was already two other trailers set up. And when I pull in the little parking lot police came around on everybody's door and said we had to mo- get out. Why? Um, yeah. Why? I, didn't, I almost felt like saying, hey, I had a friend stay here a month ago, so what's the deal? But <laughs> yeah. I figured it was pointless. It wouldn't to, have mattered uh, at all. Um, <laughs> what were they, why were they saying you had to leave? They were just like, no, we, no RVs can stay here overnight. That, huh. that was just, that's it. They're like, you can, you can park here and hang out, but you can't stay. Um, I thought that was a Walmart corporate like policy. Yeah, I mean, it, it unofficially is, I think. Oh, okay, right, But right, they, right. I think it's maybe they, they don't publicize it, so that way they can kick out people who are just squatting there yeah. and taking advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. So where'd um, you end up? So I luckily there's a national forest 10 minutes away, and so I just headed in that direction and found a spot in between the trees 
and pulled over. And oddly enough, uh, I wasn't the first person there because there was actually a fire ring. So it was a nice setup. And I essentially just had a free campsite for four days and could drive into town for in 10 minutes and That's hang right. out with friends and check out breweries. So damn, I, I begrudgingly left to come do this uh, podcast so that way I could have good internet. Because it turns out your little cell phone connection does not, it's not too uh, good. have good audio. Yeah. No, I can imagine not. So you're in Corvallis, so I'm assuming you're hanging out with Dave. From, yes. Yeah, Flat Tail. Yeah, we uh, uh, got together last night. Dave was just in a motor. <laughs> Dave just uh, got catapulted off of his bike, I think, two days ago now. Uh, he hit some oil <laughs> and went down. Of course so he did. He's walking around like an eighty-year-old man. Oh God! So, um, so he's walking around normally, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. He's very spry, actually, right? Yeah, um, for his normal self. Um, so we, I pulled in yesterday evening. We had some dinner, and he was like, "I think I'm going to call it a night early." And I was like, "Okay, fine." Um, I got out a couple special beers since after moving, I had to. Uh, consolidate my my beer fridge down to just like the few bottles that i really want to keep and yeah. i take i had to take the rest so i have all this nice beer that i'm just drinking like i don't care and i have a bunch of money to sp- to burn right, so yeah. um got out a couple bottles and we're enjoying those and then all of a sudden dave brings out two special bottles and then we have two six packs oh god <laughs> and then it's 2 a.m and we're like oh yeah. maybe we should go to bed mm. <laughs> Sounds like Chico. Yeah. So yeah. it was just that again. So I'm probably going to be here for another two days. <laughs> <laughs> and so correct me if I'm wrong, but you're on your way up to to Washington, as Tasty would say, to yes. scout out locations for a distillery. That is correct. But you're sure taking your sweet ass time doing it. <laughs> is Candy on your ass like, hey, so have you made it to Washington yet? Or well, so, <laughs> so I would be listening to this. So she no. thinks I'm there already. Oh, okay. So you're like, oh, no, Seattle's great. You would love it. And meanwhile, you're the day three in Bend. Yeah, you wouldn't believe the house I just walked through. <laughs> it was only two bedrooms, two baths, and yeah. the closets were so small. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And I would send you photos, but it's a weird listing where apparently a celebrity owns it. So I can't – the realtor yeah. was like, no photos, no photos. You wouldn't even like it. You wouldn't even like the you place. Would, it's not worth sending pictures. Yeah, you would, you would have hated it. I actually drove by it twice, and I was like, no, Candy would want me to do this. So I'm thinking of you. Yeah. 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 So, Candy, I'm already in Washington. I've been here for a while. That's right. Everything's fine. Um, no, I, I had a bunch of friends that I wanted to visit. I hadn't seen some friends in Bend in like six years. And so instead of just shooting up the I-5 in, in one or two days, I figured I'd poke around a little bit. You might um, as well, dude. You got free room and board, you know? Right. My yeah. bed's coming with me. Yeah. I have a car attached to the back of the RV so I can get around. Um it's a pretty great setup to uh, procrastinate, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, I feel like Dave's not going to help in, in in that regard. So, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've I've got some friends to visit in Portland for a few days. So, if anybody's listening and wants to hang out, I'll be in Portland. Uh, I think tomorrow, and then for for a few more days after that. Um, nice. And then I will finally be in Washington. Okay. <laughs> Good. Get away. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the whole point is to uh, go up to Washington uh, and actually get after some of the same climate that we uh, were just talking about earlier in this episode. Yeah. So I can get some uh, Scottish style whiskey going. Um, that's what I really enjoy. And so, um, got 
it narrowed down to about two different cities. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to be uh, checking out both the cities and, and see which one I like better. Um, yeah, It's either going to be uh, the Bellingham area or down probably towards uh, Tacoma, um, down in the, the south of the Sound. Um, so uh, if anybody's in the area and has any uh, places I should check out, send me an email, beardy at thebrewingnetwork.com. Um, and so that's the plan. I'll probably be poking around uh, Washington probably for the next two weeks or so and then um, try to put down some roots somewhere. Nice. Well, yeah. that's exciting stuff, Warren. And uh, you know, you can also just move to Argentina, apparently. Patagonia and Argentina. Argentina right. Argentinian sure there's Patagonia. A there's a bridge in Panama, right? Or do I just float the RV in the canal? I'm not sure how it works, but yeah, the, I can get to South America. Well, yeah, the, the canal. So it, it turns out it's a lot like the Dead Sea in the Panama Canal. Okay. So you can actually literally just drive into the water, <laughs> and then it'll float. It'll float across. Like that's how that's how people have been crossing for centuries over there. Oh, okay, driving straight I, into the water. So that's what I would recommend. Go all the way down, hang out in Mexico. You know, okay. get syphilis, whatever you want to do. And then once you hit that canal, just keep going. I did. I sealed the roof last year, so it's watertight. So maybe I'll flip the RV and then float it across. Because then it'll actually stay. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, not top heavy at all, but it'll be fine. And (laughs) your car will be fine. But they've, no, they, I've I've heard they like oversalt the water so you can float your car along. So, okay. Well, I'll roll the windows up so that way it stays. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you got to do that. All right, Warren. Well, hey, let's get out of here. We've already been talking way too long yes. and way too recently. But uh, I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad everything is going well for you, it sounds like. I don't really yeah. know. You haven't really started. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> God bless and uh, you know, have fun, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you in another two weeks That's, when I resurface. Yeah, right? Um, and we'll be seeing Dave. Dave's actually coming down for a show on the 4th. We're going to talk about Hard Cider. and He'll be in the studio on He's the gonna session. He's going to be in the studio? Yeah. So that's what he says. Oh, wow. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Good luck to Dave. Hopefully he makes it. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been Heads and Tails. If you want to check out more fermentation talk, there's a whole bunch of shows on the Brewing Network that you can listen to. Uh, Most importantly, Dr. Homebrew. That's really the best show on the Brewing Network because it just is. I I don't want to explain why, but those of you who know, know. Some would say it's the only other show worth listening to besides Heads and Tails. <laughs> Some would say that. And thanks again to Lila from Alasana Distillery yes. in uh, Argentine, Argentine Patagonia. I've said it three different ways, but each way I think, is 100% correct. Oh, okay. I was going to say the first one might have been the best, but, sure. you know. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.